Hey, what's happening? Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Coming up, it's like Australia Day. Keith Urban and Morgan Evans. Hi, Mike. It's the whole show. We're doing two <laughs> interviews, huh? Uh, so Keith Urban in a couple of segments and Morgan Evans coming up in just a little bit. So glad you're here. Uh, Amy, what happened, before I tell my story, what's the group text issue that you had? Oh, uh, so a group text was sent out to a bunch of people and the person that sent it specifically said, hey, I'm asking for this info, but reply to me separately. So, you know, obviously that's what I did. But then other people, and there was a lot on here, started replying to the text, the info that she needed. And it just, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, ugh, do people not read? And then it got me thinking, mm-hmm. like, should we even send out group messages like that? If you need individual responses, just hit up each person individually. But I see how that's annoying. So I don't know, just whole group text annoyance happening in my life. People do that on work emails too, where it's a, a whole send out. And then people keep replying all to it back yes. to the person who sent it. So that happens sometimes, but I'll tell you what happened to me in a group text. I get a group text from somebody who I know pretty well, not super well, but pretty well. And it's me and a bunch of numbers I don't recognize, like 65 numbers. And it says, hey, this is what's happening in politics. And then it goes on and on about it. It goes, and if you don't uh, believe in what I'm saying, you need to unfollow me right now. Whoa. And so this was sent to me, but then my phone just started to blow up from all these people who I didn't know arguing about politics. And I also know this person pretty well, but I went, I, I unfollowed him because first of all, I don't want to be friends with anybody that's going to send me a group text with 70 people I don't know on it. And then two, don't be sending me political stuff. And I, I didn't even agree with the political stuff, honestly. And so I was like, okay, well, if he says, don't, don't be his uh, phone friend, then I guess I won't be his phone friend. So I unfollowed him. But I had to go through and block every single number. It was like 70 of them from my phone. Oh my gosh. Do you think that this person got hacked? No, nope. oh. I don't think that. Okay, I think I they mean, probably saw something on the news, reacted that? to it, copied and pasted it. But what, what stunk was, I think there were like 40 other people that felt like me and they just kept replying, who is this? Who are all these people on this? Mm-hmm. But I had like 300 text messages on my phone. Dang, that's crazy. Man, you have to be feeling super extra passionate that day to send out a group text of politics to mm-hmm. people. Well, then I got a text the other day from the person who I've taken out of my phone just asking me a question like, hey, what's happened? How's your marriage? How's, how's married life? And I didn't know who it was because I've eliminated them from my phone. And so I screenshot it and said, hey, who is this? And he's like, hey, it's so-and-so. I was like, oh yeah, I blocked him. He sent me a 70-person group text. <laughs> It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. My husband and I are having a debate. He thinks food is okay to eat even if it's three days after the expiration date. I won't eat anything that has expired, even if it's just the sell-by date. I'll throw it out. That's just gross to me. My husband, on the other hand, tells me that I'm being wasteful and gets mad when I throw away food. He says we shouldn't be throwing out any food as long as we are still three days after the expiration date. This goes for milk, yogurt, and anything else in the fridge. He thinks as long as it passes the smell test, I should eat it without question. What do you guys think? Is it okay to eat expired food if it's within three days? Or should I tell my husband he is being unreasonable? Signed, Sheila. We have learned through reading stories, talking to people that work in uh, the food packaging industry, that the expiration date is just a guess. Yes. Thank you. It's just a guess. So therefore, you kind of do need to go by smell. And eyeball test. Mm -hmm. Yes. And taste. 
if it's over <laughs> over two weeks, that's too late. <laughs> two <laughs> weeks for me is probably I'm gonna go. They they were guessing in the ballpark, and two weeks is too much. Two weeks, you can't do two weeks on chicken. Okay. Now smell it. Uh, uh, I don't smell. I don't, I don't smell run that chicken. Risk. I go like one day on chicken. But anything over two weeks or so is not even an option. There are certain things that I'll look at for two weeks. Some vegetables. Oh yeah. Well, vegetables don't have a carrots. Date. Yeah. Tell me, carrots don't have expiration dates on them. And if they're in a bag, if you buy them like with the green coming out of them, you don't know. You just have to look and see if they're. <laughs> what? Yeah, firm. Because mm-hmm. they get real soft when they're not good anymore. Here's what I would say. I would say, look at it, smell it, eat it. If nothing's wrong with it, don't go by that expiration date. No, no. need to go or by the, the sell by date, date for sure. Yeah, the sell by date. Who even cares? <laughs> yeah, that's they, not our probably, they probably change those on there at the store. <laughs> Um, yeah, Sheila, we don't side with you. Don't waste food unless you don't have to. If there's green on it, if it's, listen, I'll eat bread a week after, but I'll look at it to see if there's green on it. Mm-hmm. If there's no green, I eat. Sometimes if, if there's, there's if there's green, I cut off the off. green. That's yeah, right. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's totally. fine, right? Yeah. I've done that on cheese too. If there's mold on the cheese, I just cut that part off. Or on the strawberry, I'll cut that part off too. Oh, I don't do that. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, strawberries cut, I'm not cutting porous. strawberries. I feel like yeah. they're all, it's all up in there. I always go too far. Uh-huh. Sheila, we agree with your husband. Hang in there. Look at it. Smell it. If it ain't bad, keep eating it. Don't waste food. Yeah. Everybody good? Yeah. All right, that's the mailbag. Morgan, what do they do if they want to reach you out? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Keith Urban stopped by my house and it was awesome. We hung out for over an hour. And so I want to play this for you. And we talked for a long time, but I wanted to share this part of the interview with Keith Urban. We talked about what country music was like in Australia, how his dad got him into country music. He also breaks down his song, Somebody Like You. So this is Keith Urban and myself here, a little clip from the Bobby cast. I remember once you were kind enough to invite me over to your place. It was um, a Christmas and we were in Australia. You said, hey, you should come over. And I was talking to you about music in Australia, New Zealand, and country music in particular. Mm. And I was like, what is country music like here? And you you had kind of expressed to me that country music there is kind of AM, but it's hard to find country music on the radio in Australia. The struggle for Australian country artists is there isn't the big mainstream infrastructure that there is here in America. You know, here we have FM country stations everywhere. You got satellite radio, you got uh, multiple video platforms. This is even preceding YouTube with CMT and, and GAC. None of that existed in Australia. So there was a lot of country artists wanting to make more mainstream sounding country music, but there wasn't the platforms for it. And to some degree, that's still a struggle there. So how growing up there, did you attach yourself to the thought of country music and that that's the kind of music you wanted to make? Or were you naturally just making it and it was the most organic place for you to fit musically here. It, well, I mean, Nashville was just the destination. Cause why? why? Why was it the destination? It was written on the back of all the records that my dad had. Don Williams mostly. And uh, Glenn Campbell, Charlie Pride, Merle Haggard. All of those records all set on the back of them recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. So as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's where you go to make records, period. I just thought that's where you go if you want to make a record. What was the relationship like with your dad and you as you became... 12, 14, 16 years old? Uh, my dad's alcoholic, was. Um, he's not here anymore. Um, but he was alcoholic his whole life. And never, just never dealt with it, you know? So my brother and I, classic adult children of alcoholic raised, and uh, I got the same genetic 
disposition as my dad, and my brother doesn't have that. You know? Really? He so doesn't have it, no. But then he has no hair, and I have hair, so it's a fair <laughs> trade. <laughs> Did you feel like as you tried to achieve musically, you were doing it for you, or you were doing it somewhat to create a bond to your dad that maybe wasn't there because of other circumstances? Probably uh, both, you know, both and, you know. I think um, in, in the song we have Wild Hearts, uh, you know, there's a song about, it opens with Johnny Cash, you know, saw the man in black because when I was five, dad, mom and dad took us to see Johnny Cash. And I'm, I remember so much about that concert, but the thing I, I think that is subconsciously in me was I, I was really taken by how my dad was staring at this guy on stage and probably thinking, how do I get my dad to look at me like that, right? Isn't that wild? Yeah. I don't know if I saw it. It's hard to know, right? Mm-hmm. Was that, was that, did I recognize in that person on stage with a guitar, did I recognize something that I was going to do or something that I wanted to do or something that I should do? I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter in the end. Will you write songs with melody first? Just yeah. straight melody. Will you write a melody? Absolutely. And that's what you have and then you create around the melody. Yeah. Are you more prone to do that when writing if you're starting from scratch or an idea, a lyric? Like, where do you like to start if you get to choose? If I get to choose, I like a groove, a beat. doesn't have to be fast, just any kind of beat that I can then play along with, whether it's bass guitar, guitar, piano, something, banjo, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just something that you pick up and just respond to, and then a melody comes. A melody comes of some sort. And then you, I think the, the music has an emotion about it. It's trying to say something. I mean, somebody like you, you know, that song started from flying out to L.A., Meeting this guy, John Shanks, who I didn't know, um, I was so nervous to meet with some L.A. guy, you know, and I'm like, what do, what do I know? I've showed up with my banjo and everything. And before I went to the session, I went to this Irish pub and I had a pint of Guinness and it was like 10 in the morning and it was really good. So I had another one <laughs> and it was really good. So I had like a third one. I get in my car, drive over to the studio where he is. And by, and by then I walked in and I, f- I felt pretty, pretty bull- not bulletproof, but I felt very relaxed, very confident, you know. And he had this little drum machine and it was going. That's all it was doing. And I pulled my banjo out of the case and go. No idea why, just, it just came out. And we're like, well, that feels good. What do we do with that? That's it. And then you just, the rest comes, hopefully. So you're creating that vocal melody too without putting the words on. Yeah, yeah. So, ba 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 da. So the, yeah. that, that, and then you'll go, would you record that? And then yeah. you go back over and go, okay, you know what's down here? Yeah. Well, a lot of times a gibberish is, is actually trying to say something. Like you'll listen to the tape, which we had a tape then, and it would be, you're like, oh, there's a nervous, was that a new win, something? I'll write that down. Never, never known, sounds like. It's like, it's all in there. I think Mick Jagger calls it making vowel movements. Right. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Shania Twain announced the final dates for her residency at Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. The show will run June 3rd through 16th and August 26th through September 10th. Tickets go on sale this Friday.
Reba shared her favorite Christmas memory from childhood. My older brother, Pake, when we were kids at home, he'd always be the first one to jump out of bed and run down the hall. And he'd just run down the hall with his underwear on. And he'd say, if y'all don't hurry up and get up and get in here, I'm opening all the presents by myself. But he knew it was a standing rule. We all had to be in there before anybody could open a present. But I can still see Pake running down the hall. Luke Bryan talked about his favorite Christmas gift he received as a kid. My first Honda 50 motorcycle that I got back in 1984. It was uh, just an amazing gift to have under the tree, and uh, I never will forget seeing that as I walked out. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. There's a grandpa in Virginia named Keith Mitchell, and he lives alone, and his granddaughter is six years old and says, Grandpa, you don't have any Christmas lights up. You have to, like, put Christmas lights up. And this was a few years ago. So he said, all right, I'll go to Walmart, get a hundred, uh, a light of a hundred, uh, string of a hundred lights. And he puts them up. Well, slowly, every year, he's been putting up more lights and more lights. And this year, he is up to 1.5 million, all thanks, all thanks to years? his granddaughter. This guy started in 1608 or what? <laughs> all thanks to his granddaughter who said, Grandpa, you got to have some Christmas spirit. And now his house, like, it brings in two to 300 people a day driving by to watch these lights. A couple thoughts. One, he didn't go 100 each year, obviously. <laughs> I think they started the first day yes. was 100. And it kept, yes. Yeah. Secondly, the electric bill on something like that yeah. is what I think about. Yeah, sure, sure. And some places that aren't businesses do have like a tip jar where you can give a few bucks for the electric bill. Like yeah. if you enjoyed mm-hmm. this lighting display on foot, please give a few bucks to the electric well, bill. He's not asking for tips, but this year he is saying, can you please donate to the Children's Hospital of the King's Daughter? Because that's where his granddaughter spent three weeks as an infant. So he's asking that at least. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's all about right there. Merry Christmas. That was Tell Me Something Good. Amy had a good talk with Morgan Evans, who I saw on Instagram just celebrated an anniversary with Kelsey Ballerini. They've been married, I don't know, a couple years? Did yep. you guys talk about that at all? Yep, four years, and we definitely talked about it. Wow. Wow, wow. Okay, well, then I'll shut up because I haven't heard this yet. Here's Amy talking with Morgan Evans, a guy that, you know, we love when he's on the show. Enjoy. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Morgan Evans. Hey, Morgan. Hey, Amy. It's good to see you. Well, first of all, before we get into some questions, I just want to say thank you again on behalf of the whole show for doing the St. Jude Radiothon last week. That was amazing. Of course. It's my pleasure. Uh, Just to set you up a little bit, y'all may know Morgan from Kiss Somebody. Sometimes you got to kiss somebody in the back of a cab or on a subway train. Sometimes you got to kiss somebody. And a lot of other things as well. So, Morgan, you just uh, wrapped, or you were on the Good Day Tour with Brett Eldridge, who is also known this time of year as Mr. Christmas. So what is it like being on tour with Brett? There's so many reasons why it was so good. You know, not not doing a show for almost two years and then getting to do shows again. And Brett's also one of those guys, you know, in country music, you kind of run into each other a lot, but maybe never get to hang out or get deep with anyone. And it was really good to spend you know, a few months on the road with him and get to know him better and uh, play a bunch of pickleball together and drink some tequila together. It was um, it was really good uh, professionally and, and personally. So, Well, so who's better at pickleball, you or Brett? I reckon I've probably got him at the moment. Um, does anything happen, like, on the last day of tour with Brett that's special? His crew kind of did a little prank on us. They were holding up these kind of funny signs that really sort of just made us all crack up laughing, but... Uh, his end of tour gift for us was a pickleball set, like one of those ones you could set up the net anywhere and 
during his show, there's a section where he goes down the, the front of the stage, right down the front of the thrust, and he starts singing My Girl. And uh, my whole crew um, just jumped up there and, and started to play pickleball during his set. And to his credit, he didn't even bat an eye or anything. He just turned around, he kept singing, didn't miss a note, walked back, stole a paddle, and just started playing with us. So it was cool. It was a prank, but it was very lighthearted. I love that. And speaking of gifts, where are you with Christmas shopping? Are you done? I'm not a good gift giver. Are you done? How are you going? I mean, I'm more than halfway. Yeah, I'm 75% done. But Morgan, haven't you been watching the news? You're supposed to shop early. Shipping's crazy. Finding gifts are crazy. Like, do you at least have Kelsey's gift bot? Well, we don't usually do gifts uh, per se. We usually do stuff like experiences. And uh, so we are going to go home to Australia over the holidays. And so that's our our gifts to each other and do some fun stuff down there, um, as well as obviously see family and friends that we haven't seen for a couple of years. So um, I feel like that's a great gift. I feel pretty, pretty good about that one. But there's actually there's going to be five babies in my family when we get home. And so I've got to buy all these gifts for all these kids. That's that's kind of my main my main job ahead. You know. Well, let's play some of Christmas in the Sun real quick. Have a little Christmas in the sun. With bikini in a tan, toes in the sand, stick a ribbon on some rum. The angel on a palm tree, what to say to you? Do like a song and root up from making a list of number one is you and me. What month did you write that in? It was definitely not during Christmas time. It may have been August or something like that this year. It was one of those things like, hey, should we put a Christmas song out this year? Absolutely. And uh, I think I was missing home a lot at the time. And uh, that's what we wrote the song about. Did you have to decorate the studio with Christmas vibes to get in the mood? Yeah, I wrote it with a mate of mine uh, named Jimmy Robbins. And when we got into the studio that day, uh, he had a Christmas tree set up on the coffee table in the middle of his studio. And... um, I think I wore like a Christmassy shirt or something like that too. Uh, We did. We did. We made some effort to get in spirit. What about uh, Christmas movies? Like, do you have a favorite? Love Ashley. It might be one of my favorite movies. Um, I know that's a pretty common answer, but one of my favorite songs is All I Want for Christmas is You. And I feel like that movie does the movie and the song. So, um, yeah. Well, I want to talk about your current song on the radio right now, Love is Real. And what was special about this song to make it your next single? I love the way it makes me feel. Just when we were making this new record, I remember as we were writing it, uh, it just it reminded me of the same feeling of when we were making the first record and, and we wrote Kiss Somebody and me and the guys I wrote it with were like, oh, this feels like the start of something. Let's make the record from here. And I've written a lot of songs up to that point, but it wasn't until Love Is Real came along that it felt like the beginning of the project. And then we wrote all the other songs after that. And so... To me, it just feels right to share this one first um, and share this feeling first. Well, I need like an elevator pitch. Like, what would you say to someone if you were on an elevator with them and you wanted them to leave that and go listen to it right away, but you only have like, you know, a short amount of time? You know that feeling, like one of those feelings where every single thing in the world is right and you just don't want anything to change? Yeah, this song sounds like that for three minutes. We're going to play it in a second, but I want to bring up that you recently celebrated four years of marriage. So what is something that you've learned about sharing your life with someone in that way, marriage, the last four years? Like, do you have any advice for us now that you are four years in? 
probably be a good listener and to breathe a little bit more. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> you know? uh, I just think it's just to keep 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 doing um, keep doing sweet things and, and try to surprise each other. I think that that is kind of the everyday trick to keeping it feeling good. At least at least uh, I've found that, especially during the pandemic when everything is just like kind of feels like boring and the same every day. Just a little something to add some spice. Um, yeah, just make the most of every day. Okay, Lunchbox, what'd you do? So I went around to local businesses and I would find an employee and I would just say, hey, I'm Chris Kringle from Chris Kringle's Carols and someone has hired me to sing you a Christmas carol. And then I would sing them a Christmas song and let them know that they are loved and cared about from someone. You would think if someone hired a person to sing, it'd be someone that could sing. Like, that's going to be weird when you start singing to them and they're like, this guy's terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm awful. I can't stay on rhythm, can't stay on beat, don't know how to do it. But uh, I try to put them in the Christmas spirit because it's my business and I'm there to sing. Okay, here we go. Here is Lunchbox going to a gas station and there's someone who works at the gas station who has received this uh, Christmas carol gram. Go ahead. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. Someone said that they oh. really... They said they love your personality and they want to make sure you're in the mood for Christmas. So I'm here to sing you a song. Okay. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, saw it, you would even say it glows like a light. Yeah. And all the other reindeer loved him. And you are loved too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah, there you go. People like people sent that to you. They bought it. They said, go sing to her. I said, all right. Whoever sent that, I said, thanks. Put a smile on his face. Woo! All right, here is clip number two at a drugstore. How you doing? I'm Chris King Kringle from Chris Kringle's Carols, and someone has hired me to sing a Christmas song to you. Are you ready? No. No? No. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the one I used to know With you All right, well, I hope you enjoyed your Christmas carol That someone sent me to sing to you Okay All right, Merry Christmas I hope hope it was free What do you mean? Thank you. All right. Have a great day. What do you think she meant by I hope it was free? Uh, I could tell that she thought it was really bad. I mean, her facial expression let me know that she did not think my singing was up to par with a singing Christmas gram. Mm-hmm. All right. One more. This is Lunchbox going to a coffee shop. How's it going? I'm Chris Kringle from Christopher Kringle's uh, Carolers. Okay. And someone has sent me to sing, sing you a little song for Christmas. Oh. Yeah. And they will tell you on Christmas who they sent this message. I'm not allowed to tell you. Oh, I see. Okay. So Merry Christmas. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Happy holidays. A couple questions. One, how did you get a guitar? Uh, There's one in the the room a couple of doors down. There was just a guitar sitting on a stand. So I grabbed one. Two, they're told on Christmas Day? Yeah. How did you find them? 
Uh, no, I'm not really going to find him. I'm just, he's going to, on Christmas Day, he's going to be like, man, who got that for me? Who got that for me? So all Christmas, <laughs> he's going to be thinking, man, who got this for me? He's never going to find out. Okay. But I hey, didn't think about it again. Did just you hear the in. standing ovation? I mean, that was incredible. The mm-hmm. whole coffee shop cheered for me. That was incredible. I'll agree. <laughs> Amy, was that incredible? I mean, it was amazing. Epic. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, Lunchbox, thank you. Good You're job. welcome. Happy holidays from the Bobby Bone Show. Let them do their thing. Here's a voicemail we got last night. Hey, this message is for Lunchbox. We were watching Once Upon a Time, which is on Disney Plus, and I happen to think that the print looks like Lunchbox. I just wanted to encourage him to say he still has a shot at Hollywood. Go watch Once Upon a Time on Disney Plus and see if I'm right. Mighty, could you pull up the prints? Oh. I mean, it doesn't look like him. <laughs> she, she's blind. He has brown hair. <laughs> it's a white guy. Show, show Eddie. <laughs> He's still looking. He's still trying to figure out how to spell a pawn. <laughs> oh my gosh. You see him? Here, show. Look, Mike D has it up if you want to see it. Right yeah, over there. That guy does not look like Lunchbox. Oh, no chance. I have no idea if he looks like me, I guess. Is he, what, is he handsome? I'm not gonna. (laughs) Is he clean cut? But you can safely say that he does not look like Lunchbox. Yes, he's a handsome guy, but I don't think him being handsome or not has anything to do with Lunchbox. I meant more like not handsome, like good look. I meant like clean cut, buttoned up, because Lunchbox is hairy and messy. (laughs) It's a little stinky. Uh, But thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good looking guy. His name is uh, David Nolan. Mm. Look at that guy. Um, (laughs) You still have your Hollywood dreams? Still got them. And did you win your award? Um. Do they have the award ceremony? The award ceremonies are uh, this week. They are to see yeah. if you won the Tele Emmy. The Tele Emmy. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Okay. Uh, can we support you somehow? Uh no, you can't vote. You might donate to the teacher. You could really be have some corruption there. <laughs> Twenty bucks, you probably wins an award. Oh, would you would you be willing to do that for me? <laughs> the Show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So yesterday in the pile, I shared with you Taste of Country's top five country Christmas songs, and y'all didn't like any of them. That's not true. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's not d- true. Willie Nelson's Pretty Paper was a good one. I just said it's not indicative of anyone under 200 years old. <laughs> yeah, we okay. said like maybe an old person. <laughs> did. Something yeah, yeah. like that. Like Martha Washington loved that list. <laughs> mm, yes. Yes, yes. I hope she heard it. Well, I have some modern ones that I'm going to go over with you. Thank and you. this is from Country Living. Oh, it's more my style. A lot younger. Yes. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. These are all from the last five years. They probably heard me do the segment. They're like, okay. All right, go ahead. And at number five, Christmas in the Country by Thomas Rhett. Miles from the city and the crazy crowds where the pine trees grow and the world I don't like, for the most part, new Christmas songs. Oh, I do. I like new takes on traditionals. The only person I want to hear do a new Christmas song, I have two, Brett. Eldridge and Casey Musgraves. Yeah. Otherwise, zip it. Just sing classic ones in a new fun way. Oh, well, I got something you're definitely going to love. The next one is Casey Musgraves singing a classic. Okay, let's go. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I've heard this. It's great. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Great. Love it. And when Brett and Casey do old songs, it's even better. (laughs) This is a good one. Yeah. Next, Carrie Underwood and John Legend, Hallelujah. Silent night as the angels sing, Hallelujah. Wow. That, that's good. I like Hallelujah, though, 
by Jeff Buckley. <laughs> not a Christmas song. Right, which is not a Christmas song, but when I said hallelujah, I thought they were covering the very famous Jeff yeah. Buckley song, which hallelujah. is a cover as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, let me, do you know the real one? We turned it down? Yeah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. The guy with dreads from American Idol singing. Halle- do, do, never. Okay. What, Amy? What are you talking about? Yeah, Jason Castro. <laughs> is that? The Jason yeah, yeah, Castro. Yeah, yeah. But back I mean, in the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I now see how Eddie struggles to harmon or, or sing with me when uh-huh. I sing so bad. You're struggling with me? Yeah, I'm trying to, hit, I'm trying to miss hitting right on there with <laughs> oh, you. Oh, I yeah. think we nailed okay, it. Okay, go ahead. Uh, in it too, Brett Eldridge, also known as Mr. Christmas, Glow. Sweet as the angels, as they sing, you look good in the light of my Christmas tree. Did he write this or is this an old song? Yeah, he, I think him and, um, I don't know, some, uh, Ross Copperman. Yeah. I've just heard jam. it so much, now I'm confused if it's a traditional one or not. <laughs> okay, what else? And at number one, Dan and Shay, Take Me Home for Christmas. Baby, won't you take me home for Christmas? You know what? I retract my statement. It's I like so Dan good. and Shay's new stuff, Put too. Put them on the list. Yeah, let them make new ones, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what? Country living, heck of a job making a list <laughs> that us kids like. Christmas. All right, what else you got? Okay, have you ever gotten into a car argument? Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah, with Caitlin? Is that who you get into? I get, I've, I've argued with people in the car before. Yeah, well, so I have the top things that we argue about in a car. One of them, Eddie, why are you late? We're trying to fly home after this Raging Idiot We've show. We've had that one yes, for sure. It's, it's, we have to go to the airport. That's been there before. Okay, that doesn't make the list, oh. I'm sure people being late is annoying, but it's whose directions to follow. Like, one person may know the best way to go. Bad driving habits like speeding or... Um, tailgating when you drive too close. Ugh, that one, I uh, hate that one. Messing with the heat or the AC. That's my kids. They fight over that. Getting lost and backseat driving. Okay, here are our two. Each of us have one. Me, I won't be on my phone unless I'm at a red light. And then I will be on, I'll look at my phone because I got to catch up on Twitter real quick. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I re, you know, refresh it and she'll be like, the light's green. Let's go. So I'll miss the light turning green sometimes. But for her, she's a little more aggressive of a driver than I am. And I'm always like, no, 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 no. She's like, relax. I'm not going to hit anybody. No, no, no. She's probably normal. You just drive it's very grandma-ish. Very grandma-ish. Like, very. <laughs> like, extremely. Hey, Merry Christmas to you guys, okay. too, okay? <laughs> Here we are having a fun segment. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. I, I'm a gasper. That annoys people when I'm driving. You if suck I, air. I go, <gasps> oh. and it freaks everybody out But we do that while you're driving, too, after we watch you drive. <laughs> <laughs> Because you are a, not not the best driver. Okay. Merry Christmas. That's, that's relative. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Opinion. Um, so we're going to start feeling tired today at 1.04 p.m., just a heads up. So quickly, some things that will give you a boost. Chit-chatting with a coworker. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> we, see what, we see what happens there. We're already doing that. Get, get up and walk around just for a few minutes. Get a change of scenery somehow. Leave your desk to get a little snack or maybe some coffee. Don't drink too much, though. And then, you know, stick to your routine. Like, maybe create a routine throughout the week so that you have that. So you know at 1.04 p.m., that's when you're going to be the most tired. I did see a story, too, about people that take naps almost daily, live longer. Wow. Oh. <sighs> One, you have to find the time to fit in a nap. But Lunchbox two, is going to live. Nap. Yeah, people forever. that take naps live longer. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Happy holidays from Bobby and the Baba Baba Bone Show. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. 
Andrew McClendon was the CEO of a company. He retired and he was just sitting around. He's like, I need to do something with my time. I want to start a nonprofit. And he's like, what do I do though? And his friend had a kid with special needs that needed a bicycle. And he went out and bought one for $800. He's like, that's too expensive. So he started a family foundation where they get donations and now they buy bikes for kids with special needs and they just donated their 430th bike. Oof. Wow. I thought you were going to say their 10th bike. No, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's no, a lot. but these bikes are like $800,000 that families can't afford. And so he raises the money, goes out and gets them. I think he meant $800 to $1,000. I was going to say $800,000 bike. That's basically <laughs> like a Lamborghini. Did I say $800,000? Yeah. That was real fun. I mean, that's a fancy bike, but yeah, it's yeah. $800 to $1,000. That's a gold. Wow. That's a yeah, 24 karat gold bike. Yes. All right. Nice job by the family. Dang. I'd like to have one of those $800,000 yeah, ones, though, if nice. they have any of those laying around. <laughs> Uh, nice story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. All right, let's go over and get Amy's Morning Corny. The Morning Corny. What do you call an elf on the shelf who just won the lottery? What do you call an elf on the shelf who just won the lottery? Wealthy. Wealthy. Got it. <laughs> that was The Morning Corny. But we had a saga on this show where Abby, our phone screener, was talking back and forth through text with a firefighter. And I encourage you to go back to the podcast and hear this, but at first it was an accidental text. Oh, I accidentally texted you. And then we're like, Abby, that seems suspicious. And then we got the person on, the, on FaceTime because we thought it might be a catfish. It wasn't. Now, Abby, when this saga kind of ended... Did you feel betrayed? Did you feel lied to about this person? I mean, I still don't feel like I have the answers, but I was just like, I don't think it's worth like pursuing or anything. So so you're not talking to this firefighter at all? Well, he does text me on um, holidays. He does. Like Thanksgiving he did, and then he did recently. So, Do you think that he knew you from the radio show, somehow found your number online and just started texting you? I still don't know. Abby, I really yeah, don't. You, to, you could say yes or no if you had to pick. Gun to your head. No, I don't think he did. Okay. Lunchbox, how do you feel about this? In your heart, gun to your head. Uh, he went and got her phone number on the internet. No. Nah. I think so too. Absolutely he did. He did his research Eddie? and found it and texted her. Yeah, no, 100%. Th- this guy wanted to make it seem like it was an accident, mm-hmm. but he looked it up and found her number. Yep, 100%. Well, he has, um, according to a snitch on the show, has he sent you gifts? He did. He sent me Christmas gifts. Yeah. <laughs> he texted me and was like, be looking in the mail because I sent you some gifts. Weird. <laughs> what is he it? sent them to the studio? Yeah, he did. He did you ask me for my, my home address and I said no. So. Oh, oh, see, he tr- oh, he already knows hey, your home address. Hell? Okay, actually, he probably does. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, does. he already knows. Good point. I mean, let's, like, mm-hmm. let's act like he doesn't. Okay. What did he send you in the mail? Oh, you want to see? Oh, it's it's kind of funny. Oh, is it a teddy? <laughs> what? A teddy, a teddy bear? No, Who even calls it a teddy? Oh what is that? The first one is a calendar. It's a firefighter calendar. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> for 2022, and the there's is it pictures. the one he's in? No, he, no, he's not in this one. So he sent you <laughs> a bunch like, of other dudes on a calendar. Chippendales. Yes. Yeah, it is kind of okay. like Chippendales. Yeah, he's not on this. No. Okay. Go ahead. What else? And then a mug that says, I put out fires. And there's a <laughs> fire extinguisher on it. <laughs> okay. What else? And then there's just like a little firefighter ornament. But he gave me um, two guitar lessons because 
he knows that I sing, but I don't like really sing because I can't play guitar. And so he was like, I want you to follow your dreams. <laughs> oh. Isn't that nice? Abby's falling, Abby, Abby's oh, falling in love again. Uh, yeah, Abby, totally. no. Is it nice or creepy? Uh, creepy. Because she won't even respond to a text. Well, I thought I said thank you to him. Oh, That's see, why I well, I didn't think she had been uh, responding. Yeah, she I did just deletes her responses, so you think she's not responding. <laughs> no. I, wanna, I mean, that was nice. It was a nice thought. Abby, so I just to say you need to go one way or the other. Either embrace this and go, let's get together and go out. And maybe we get married or just ignore <laughs> it completely. But this whole middle of the road thing. You're I, right. After, I don't think after it's this. the healthiest. I agree. Like this, could, this could be a great movie. If you guys get together and get married, this is wonderful. I don't think that's going to work. He's too far away. He's not even in Nashville. I don't think there's a future. And that's he's a creep. He looked your phone number up and on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you, I mean, not the distance thing, Abby. Like, oh my goodness. Like, hello. I agree. I agree. But that's there tough. is a percentage, guys, that it, it Very wasn't. Very slim. Okay, but still, what if he didn't look it up and this was all by chance? See? That. I just don't believe it. Okay. I don't. I don't believe it. Ugh. If he came to town though, and he said, "Hey, I'm, I happen to be in town. Would you meet him?" Yes. Yeah, I would. Oh, yeah, God. see. Oh. I would meet him just, just because. No. <laughs> Bobby, pay for oh. the flight. <laughs> no. Oh no. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays from the Bobby Bone Show. Okay, so if someone goes into a restaurant and like doesn't really look at the menu. And goes, ah, just take whatever the chef recommends. Do you feel like that's a baller move, uh, Eddie Lunchbox? <laughs> baller. <laughs> Absolutely move. baller move. Because <laughs> you're trusting that the chef. Move. Somebody said, okay. The chef is okay, the guy okay. that created I, the restaurant. And so he knows what's best. So you tell them, hey, man, I trust the king of the castle to bring another king what is good. <laughs> I don't think the chef created the restaurant, though, most Maybe, times. Maybe, depending. I, Maybe, but here's why I bring this up. Amy, tell him your story. Okay, so my friend has gone on a date with a guy three times, and all three times, for when it came time for him to order, he's like, I'll just have whatever the chef recommends. <laughs> and she, she can't figure out if it's like... She, she should be attracted to that and it's baller or it's totally lame because she does like him but it start at the first time she's like okay the second time she's like well, interesting third time she's like what the I really want to know what Bones <laughs> thinks about this yeah. are we sure he can read I mean that's what I think oh like, wow that's is funny he scared of the, like what if he just can't read the menu like I'll just take whatever the chef recommends <laughs> the, chef, the weird thing is the chef may recommend something with onions I don't like onions or mayonnaise I hate mayonnaise so I think he thinks it's cool, so he keeps doing it. So yes, I would put it in kind of that, uh, that, that, do, uh, yeah, it's kind of a douche move. I, I do have to think <laughs> yes. that. I mean, yeah, yeah I, that's what I thought third time, like one, one time, and then you see him actually read a menu and order something for himself, but to constantly be like, whatever the chef will bring out. And she said that all three times, I mean, if you were the waiter, you would pick the most expensive thing. And she's like, it's it's crazy because, and then some of it, you don't, she said she couldn't even tell what it was. She's like, I felt bad for him. She's mm. like, I got the spaghetti and it was amazing. <laughs> Did he eat it like he liked it though? He's like, mm, man, this chef always recommends the best. And he's like, 
shoving it down his throat as he hates it. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I, I don't know all the details of their date, but she acted like he, this must be his thing and he likes to do it and he enjoys it, but she just didn't know if he's trying to impress her and if this is lame. I guess she can just keep going out with him and see what continues to happen. I don't know. I mean, if he goes back at the end too and gives regards to the chef, that gets really, <laughs> that, that's really weird. Yeah. Didn't your dad used to do that? Go back and, and talk to the chef and give his regards to them? Oh, he wouldn't talk to anybody. No, he would just end, end up in the kitchen. Uh, oh, like, he would? Yeah. No, he, I mean, of course, if he came across the chef, he would thank them, but not in like a snooty way whatsoever. He was just more, he loved food. He loved restaurants and he wanted to go see how re- the restaurant was doing it. And he would just go make himself at home. <laughs> That's a boss. <laughs> That's baller. Who does that? Lunchbox, this is the, the bit. I'll buy you a gift. I'll buy you a gift card, or I'll pay for your dinner at some point. Yes, but after the dinner, you got to go back into the kitchen and talk to the chef and just give your regards. <laughs> okay, but, but Bones, should he do this like at Applebee's where there's not really a chef? <laughs> oh, for sure. No, no, he no, no, he no. wants to talk to his chef. I want to yes, go to a no, nice no, restaurant. Yes, for sure. No, 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 no. They probably get it there. Yes, you have to go to like a Chili's and be like, I like to talk to my chef, please, and then just give him full regards. <laughs> And ask him, and then ask him about how he cooks certain things. Yes, the whole thing. Hold on, so it should start. It should start with when the waiter comes. Lunchbox says, "I'll have what the chef recommends." (laughs) Yes, yes. And then I'll pay for it, Lunchbox. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'll do it. I I love when we we brainstorm a bit Mm. here on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank you, Amy. It's time for the good news with Bobby. Tell me something good. Big red vending machines have been set up at locations from Arizona all the way to New York to make it easier for people to give back. For the fourth year, hashtag light the world giving machines are being put in well-traveled areas and cities countrywide. The vending machines offer users the ability to support charities by letting them purchase items like food, clean water, healthcare services, shelter, bedding, skills training, educational supplies, all starting at $2. You can literally go up, swipe it, and donate two bucks or put the money in the machine as well. And you'd push it like you'd, if you want a Fanta or a Mountain Dew, you push it and it goes to that. They have put, again, they've put these all across the country. They've raised over $9 million for oh, local and global charities. Yeah. The LDS church then covers all the costs of the machines. So 100% of the donations goes to the chosen charities. Pretty cool, huh? That's really cool. They've got one in Denver, Kansas City, Vegas, Nashville, New York. I mean, in Areas where there are a lot of people, they put these up, and they hope to expand. It, to me, it reminds me of an airport machine. You know how they have, like, headphones? And who buys $500 headphones in an airport? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Which is the craziest thing. It's like going through, would you like to buy a big screen TV? And you push it, and it falls down. <laughs> yeah. I've thought of that, and I think maybe people are on their way to see someone, and they're, they're it's like a gift they were going to get them, maybe. Or they've had their eye on it for a while, and finally they're like, oh, well, this must mean I should get them. You know, yeah, just get them a hat that says Phoenix, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you get them a, yeah, I don't know. Who an I? Apple TV from the airport. <laughs> it is weird. Uh, that's a great story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. <laughs> You know what I tried last night was the Calm app. Never used it before, but I went to a sleep doctor. I can get to that later, but it's like, hey, you should try the Calm app. So I took the Calm app, and I don't put headphones in because I'm afraid if I fall asleep with headphones in, that won't be good, or it'll be playing and my alarm won't go off. So I put it beside my bed, and I turn the volume up on my phone, and Caitlin's down. She's like, I'll listen to it too. And one of the options was Matthew McConaughey reading a story. <laughs> oh, cool. And I started it with Matthew McConaughey, and he's like, hey, I'm about to tell you a story. So first of all, I want you to take a deep breath. It just felt like how to lose a guy in 10 days was right next to me in the bed. And I, I couldn't, 
take it seriously. Yeah. You can you weren't getting calm. No. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah. All right, first thing we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna take three breaths through your nose. All right. <laughs> All right. And I do it and I just I'm like, I can't, I can't. So we flipped it over and we listened to some British guy talk about the Nile River or something. And I fell asleep, but well, not. That sounds like a snooze fest. <laughs> I mean, I think I was just tired. Yeah. But I did. I, I called. Well, I had an appointment with a sleep doctor because every night, right, right on schedule, I wake up about four hours into my, my sleep. I'm not taking anything anymore. I don't take. I, mean, I take nothing to, to no melatonin, nothing. I'm trying to figure out what the problem is. And so like clockwork, if I fall asleep at 8, I wake up at midnight. If I fall asleep at 10, I wake up at 2. And then I wake up and I'm up. So I'm, I'm talking to the sleep doctor, which took me four months to get into because I guess they're backed up like a lot of doctor's offices are. And so I had to do it virtually because I was not in the States. And he's like, okay, well, let's talk about this. I tell him my situation. And he says, okay, uh, are you watching TV when you fall asleep? I am not. I haven't done that in three oh. months. I've cut it. Huh. I've really tried to cleanse myself of every factor outside of just my brain so I can go, this is the root of the problem. I said, I am not. He says, do you take anything? I do not. Like, I'm good. I exercise. I eat pretty good. Like, everything that I'm doing should lead to a good night's sleep. I have a great bed. It's like everything is right. He said, okay, well, uh, let's talk about, you know, your, out, your, your stresses, your stressors. Talk about that. And then he says, you know, you should hop on this, this Calm app because I think until we get you in a room to do a sleep study, this would be good for you. And so I spend $69.99 for a year. Mm, so now I'm invested. I'm yeah. going to have to listen to this thing working out just to get my money's worth now. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, was, was just talking to him about, you know, some of the stuff that's happening in my life, which lead, I have a new therapist I'm going to today. Like I'm really trying to figure out the sleep thing. And so... Did the Calm app, but I had always heard from listeners that these sleep studies can be done in your own house now. And I was like, okay, that'd be fine. I'll, I don't know what I'll do. I'd lay down, put a mask on, wake up in the morning, mail the mask back, get my results. Oh, that's awesome. No, that's not what's happened with me. They want me to go to some Hilton by the airport and sleep. Oh, no, no, and no. Sleep. A hotel. <laughs> yeah. By the airport. That's... I, I may have exaggerated that part, but that's what it felt like. It's for sure a Hilton. He's like, you got to come to the Hilton, by, I think by a college or something, oh. and sleep. And I'm like, I'm supposed to come to you and sleep in a random room? <laughs> He's Weird. like, we set up a cot behind Waffle House. It's fine. <laughs> and so I'm a little nervous about that part of it. Okay. I don't know what I do when I sleep. I mean, probably my hands go on my pants, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ask Caitlin. I what do I do I when probably, I sleep? There's probably gas. I, I don't know. I just I mean, don't we want- know that you talk like a girl. I talk like in an effeminate way. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But are they going to have all this on camera? Mm-hmm. Or is this just... I would assume they video it for... Do they video it or do they like monitor your vitals? Research. What research are you going to do with that? With me and my... And then do I sleep in my underwear? No shirt? Mm. I, I just have a lot of questions about what's going to happen. Are we sure this was a doctor I was talking to on the other side of Zoom? Mm-hmm. May I just... Uh, but that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going through that process. Because of that, I downloaded the Calm app. And I slept with Matthew McConaughey last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I tried to. It was unsuccessful. But that's that's what's happening right now in my life. I'm curious to see how it goes. I mean, obviously, it'll keep us posted. But I mean, I don't know that I'm going to commit to going to the Hilton, though, in the next couple of it weeks. It doesn't seem right. Because Christmas is coming up, but then it's just like, I'd rather do it in my house. Yeah. And if you can't sleep well at home, how are you going to sleep well at Hilton? Exactly. Like, how's that going to work? Yeah. Was, like, you would think they've gotten to a point where maybe they can bring, obviously, if they're monitoring you, they can bring someone to your house. 
you know? Not you mail it in, but they come there and physically observe you. Well, that's also weird, too. <laughs> <laughs> they stand over the bed the whole time with a clipboard. That's what it seems like. All right, he just peed a little. Let's make a note of that. You don't, you don't pee a little, do you? I don't know what I do. You're about to find out. I just wake up four hours later and have no idea. What he did tell me to do, and this is something we've talked about on the show, and the note I made to share with our listeners, is that if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go to sleep in like the first 15 minutes, the doctor told me to get out of my bed, go into a different spot, open a book, and read the book until I'm tired again. Because me sitting there fighting myself to get to sleep is not going to put me asleep, especially after about 15 minutes. Like, you kind of have that grace period. You go to the bathroom, you can fall back asleep. But after... 15, 20 minutes, get up. And it's specifically a book. Like, it can't be watching something. I asked. I said, I love my phone. He said, don't get on your phone because the The lights are stimulating your brain. Right. Just clarifying, for sure. Yeah. Okay. He said, don't binge something and don't get on your phone. Mm -hmm. So, that's where we are right now. Well, I don't know when you and Caitlin are for sure going to have kids, but I feel like you'll have no trouble sleeping come then. (laughs) Like, like, I put the kids to bed last night, and I crawled into bed, and I literally, like, shut my eyes, and I didn't wake up. Till, hey, good for you. You bragging? I, a little. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm like, hey, you have kids in your future, so, I, well, but then they cry, and then, but are you going to get up, or is Caitlin going to get up? I don't know. Okay. I, I imagine I will be just as involved as she is. Okay. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Eddie, how mm-hmm. did that go for you? No. Nah, man, not involved at all. <laughs> I, I never got up. <laughs> Never. Exactly. I, I Listen, I don't know, but I imagine I will be just as involved. Especially if you have the twins that you want to have. Like, you're Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? And she's going to have one. I was talking to her about, I'm going to have one of the twins. You, like, <laughs> if they wake out? up. Comes, comes out of my butt, her front. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why did it have to come out of your butt? <laughs> I don't have another hole. Yeah, you have other holes, your ear. <laughs> <laughs> comes out of your ear? It ain't coming through my brain. Well, it's already a miracle anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait, you were going to say you talked to Caitlin. I have to do the news. Oh, but you talked to Caitlin about twins. No, no, I've always told her, like, that would be great. She's like, for you? Yeah. She's like, but oh, okay. to me, had an update. it's a once, no, there's no, I would especially wouldn't be like, well, guys. <laughs> it's funny you asked. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be nice to have a one-stop shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two. Two and done. Call it. Mm. Chunk the deuce. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. All right, news time. Let's go. Bobby's Big Stories. There are now some answers in the case of the hundreds of packages found dumped near an Alabama river. My theory was the guy just didn't want to deliver them and wanted to go home early. That was my theory. Authorities say DeAndre Charleston has owned up to dumping the packages between November 17th and November 24th. Of them, 153 packages were able to be scanned and identified, but another 247 couldn't be. In total, 450 customers were affected, They call it a mass dump. I will not. (laughs) (laughs) All worth just shy of $25,000. He said he did it because he had other issues going on in his life, Hmm. and he just didn't want to deliver them. Oh. That's simple. I mean. Yeah, he just wanted to go home, be done with the day. Yeah. Uh, He has been charged with five counts of cargo theft, and that source is News Nation now. This story would be good for me if it worked. Zapping the brains of people with OCD could soon help them before symptoms even start. Around 1 in 50 people suffer from obsessive-compulsive disorder. Scientists have insight into brain signals that kick in before people start their rituals. They could help by brain stimulation. And I'd like to, only people in the room can see this. 
listen, I have some mild OCD. There's no doubt about it. With mild? A lot, a lot of things that I, I mean, do in my life. <laughs> I have a schedule I keep of how of what we do on the show, and I keep every segment, every every bit. And when I'm done with it, I must block it out completely. It does not exist anymore. Every with po- a with fat a, marker. With a, the biggest Sharpie you could possibly have. Yeah. The only Sharpie bigger would possibly be one at Cracker Barrel that used with two hands. Because you know they have supersize everything. <laughs> yeah, king size. Kit Kats, Sharpies, uh, checkerboards. But I I have, and I won't say suffer because I think some of my OCD makes me better at what I do. But it does, at times, keep me from living a completely balanced life. But I would love it. Zap me away. Two things I need to get. The zap. And I gotta get the booster. Yeah, I've been things. gone. I gotta get the booster. Anybody boosted? Boosted. Yeah, did you get wow. sick? No. Just took a little nap the next day. Had a headache. That was it. So you did have a headache? Yeah. My wife got it. Nothing. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Kaylin got sick after the last her last uh, shots. I never did. Neither did I. The second one? Oh, that's well, one. either of them. Oh, first one I was fine. Second one I did. I felt like I was sick for at least you know eighteen hours or so. Hmm. Well, I'll wait till next week, and I'll get the old boosty. Mm-hmm. I want to be like that guy that got ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> he got ten shots. He got paid he got for paid. it. Yeah. Uh, here's another story: a motorist involved in two unrelated fatal traffic accidents in 2008 and 2014 was caught driving a car last year, even though he'd been banned from doing so. Uh, he, in an attempt to get himself off the hook, listen to this: he gave false information to a police officer, where he claimed to be his younger brother because oh. he was in trouble. Problem is, the brother was one of my cops as well. Mm-hmm. It was arrested. So they took him yeah. in as the brother. <laughs> That's from something called Straits Times. Funny. And then a uh, man was arrested five times in three days due to his resemblance of a wanted criminal. <laughs> and so the, the story is is mostly in that headline right there. He, he looks like a criminal they were looking for. So they kept turning him in and he got arrested five times in three days. Oh, wow. my goodness. What's funny to me is Mike D, who works on the show as he travels with me as my travel producer, but is also the head writer on the show. Mike, your name is that of a criminal as well, and you're often stopped. Yeah, every single time, because they have the exact same name as somebody they're looking for. So anytime they look at my passport, they're like, I think this could be the guy. So he was stopped in a Canadian airport, and they put him in like a room for a long time. He, they wouldn't let him in when I was doing some stuff um, at ABC because he was going through the gates with me. They were like, mm, we think you're a criminal. Wow, what a pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think if I were you, I'd get nervous every time. Every time. Happened again. Yeah. Can't they, you get an asterisk added to your passport or something? Just get a tattoo across your chest. Not me! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know they asterisk passports, Amy. Well, I don't know. Just something because, I mean, that is a huge pain to get flagged every time. What about this dude? He's just a Burger King and they're arresting him. <laughs> Five times. Yeah. All right, that's the news. Thank you. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Let's go to Megan in Florida, who is on the phone. Megan, good morning. Thanks for calling. Hi, how are you guys? We're doing pretty good. What can we do for you? Good. I was just listening to your segment about the sleep studies, and I wanted to let you know that I was actually an office manager for Sleep Lab, and you don't have to worry about anything. It's not bad at all. Um, they do do sleep, home sleep studies, and you don't have to worry about anybody coming to your home or standing over you. <laughs> um, but it's a very easy process. Mine is not a home study, and they said I would have to come to the Hilton. And 
I just feel like there could be pictures that exist after this floating on the internet. And you're asleep and you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. To you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did they test out a pill? Do I wake up? Am I, are different parts of me sore? <laughs> are they mis- I don't know okay. what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, do they put a glove on? Yeah. <laughs> All that. Stop. What? I have these concerns. I know. This could be real. Um, Megan, so... I'm I'm a little I'm a little scared. Okay. So right. That's completely normal. Everybody has those same kind of questions. And it they do video it, but <gasps> I'm on a feed somewhere. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't no, no, she said but monitoring. It's just <laughs> it's just monitoring and they can't leak it out anywhere. There's the HIPAA violations are so big right now, they would get in so much trouble if that leaked out to the internet. So it's super safe. Super protected. It's not going to get out to anyone or anywhere. So, but I sleep it's, in it's my not- underwear, okay. And what if I have to go to the bathroom, and I get up and there, okay, there's video of me in my underwear walking to the bathroom. Somebody's no, going to no, see it's that. Only in the room. <laughs> no, I'm not saying of it's me only- peeing. I'm saying when yeah. I get out of bed, am I going to have to wrap myself in a sheet so people don't look at me? It's like you're in a swimsuit. Well, when people come to our sleep lab. We ask them to wear like. Shorts, comfy shorts, and maybe a t-shirt because they do put some equipment on you. I'm so, wearing a turtleneck and clothes. jeans. You guys are out of your mind. <laughs> okay, Megan, I, I know you're trying to settle me. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's not bad, though. I promise. All right. Bye-bye, Megan. Um, by the way, Eddie and I are playing Strawberry Festival in March, I believe. Yeah. Um, that's near Tampa. And so if you guys want to get tickets, go to uh, RagingIdiots.com. We didn't announce it on ticket day because we were doing St. Jude. We were doing other more important stuff but if you guys want to come to watch eddie and i at strawberry festival ragingidiots.com uh let's go to monster in north carolina monster you're on the bobby bone show what's going on morning bobby good morning studio morning so uh real 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 quick congratulations eddie uh on the blended family and two lunchbox with the newborn i'm a father with baby number nine on the way this month but real quick guys um the the whole chef thing, Amy, tell your friend it's totally okay. It's totally normal. It's one of the biggest compliments you can do. My dad was a head chef, uh, head chef for years. Just by simply saying, I'll have, you're basically telling the chef, I put all my trust in your menu, what you crafted, what you perfect. It's no different than getting reviews on some electronic device that you're purchasing. You're getting the reviews or recommendations from what he has crafted over the years. So, it's not a baller thing. The best thing you could do is sometimes even call if the, if the chef is um, available, if he could come out and thank him for the meal. Uh, I'm sorry, the meal, and tip him as well. So wow. it's not a baller thing. It's a great compliment. Yeah, I appreciate that. But let's talk about these nine kids. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're burying the headline yes, here. You're about, you're about to have your ninth? Yes. Yes, sir. I'm uh, 45 years old. I got uh, my ninth child on the way. I have this will be the sixth girl. Three boys, and I already have my oldest daughter, who's 23, already has three grandbabies for me. So wow. my beautiful, and I just proposed on Friday to my beautiful woman that is giving me my ninth child. Um, yeah, they were pregnant three times together. They thought that was kind of hilarious, but she's on listening to you right now, but she's ready to pop. December 27th. Wish me luck, Bobby. So I, I have a lot of, a lot of questions here. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> It, because your sample size is so large, right? You have, you have eight kids. You're about to have your ninth. Is there anything that you have seen, if you do, can 
will allow a boy versus a girl? Um, so I've heard all these things and these gimmicks. If you go to bed angry, it produces more testosterone. You have a son. If you go to bed and you're making love, you produce more girls. I, I don't find it. <laughs> God's going to bless you with what God's going to bless you with. Um, and we're very blessed to have amazing kids. And I work three jobs to take care of them. I don't let the tax money give me, not that it's a bad thing, but I, I don't collect unemployment and disability and stuff. So, um, yeah, just work hard and um, pray for a, a happy, you know, healthy baby. Like, Amy was very blessed to get her kids. I'm so happy for Eddie. I love that they're a blended family, um, and I love that they don't use stepchild and stuff. So, yeah, there's nothing you can really do except you put it in God's hands and you just have as many kids as you want as long as you can take care of them. But there's a theory to it. I got nine kids now. And if they do half of what dad does, that's 36 grandbabies, nine kids. I'll never live in an old folks home. Someone's taking me in. Yeah, what's yeah. the motivation <laughs> to having all these kids for you? Caregivers. With yeah, these what, <laughs> um, so I, uh, I come from a, uh, it's only me and my sister, but I have a lot of cousins. They were, um, I was the 14th grandchild born and I was the first boy and I was born on Father's Day. So all the uncles went crazy. And I said, if I could have, I never wanted kids. But when I had my first child, if I could have kids and I could take care of them, I wanted to have a really big family because I missed the Sunday meals that we used to have um, back when I was up in Philadelphia. But I ended up staying in the Marine Corps forever. So I just stayed down here and met this beautiful woman. But a big family can be really great, especially around holidays. It's just it's great to see them all get together. It's great when they open up gifts. It's it's fun when you have picnics in the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so is the woman you're about to marry the mom of all nine kids? Y'all just haven't gotten married no, yet? Oh. No, I think I'm talking Amy. Amy, no. We um we met seven years ago. Um, I said I never wanted to get married. I failed three marriages. I don't know if I really failed, <laughs> but I was so committed to the Marine Corps that um, the marriages didn't work. And long story short, I met her when I got out of the Marine Corps. Uh, yeah, and I said I never wanted to get married. We had kids together, and I finally, someone said, don't let your failures or mistakes in other marriages that didn't work out affect your relationship now. And I proposed um, Friday at a restaurant that we actually had our first dinner date six years ago. So, so this will be your this will be your fourth marriage. Yes. So I was I was married three times in the Marine Corps. Uh, I married my high school sweetheart right out of school. I was in the Marine Corps. She didn't want to be away from home. Long story short, she just wanted to move back home. It didn't work out. Um, so I'm pretty civil with them. Uh, we have kids, but this is Crystal's. That's who I'm with now. This is Crystal's fifth push, and we're extremely excited. And we're hoping within the next nine months to. 12 months, we'll be married and, yeah. Having more? Are you have, kids later. Are you trying to have a full decade, like a, a 10, 10 a ten spot? So, no, Bobby, uh, everyone jokes because I love wrestling and college wrestling team is 10, but we're absolutely done. We were not expecting the last three. Um, I know what caused that, of course. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, no, this is, this is it. Nine is a baseball team. We're totally good. They don't make many vehicles to haul everybody around. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, Wow. Well, thank you for no. serving as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So much. Oh, sure. no problem. And Amy, tell your husband I said thank you for his service too. I am a huge, huge fan of veterans and people that are serving because there's just not many people that still want to do it. So let me ask yeah. one final question here. 
Do you have kids with all of the wives? Yes. So I am I am a blended family of this will be our ninth. Um my first my first wife, I only have one with her. She is amazing. She's in college. My oldest, when I met her, um, I was driving. The, I was a general's driver. I met her mom when um, we were working together. I have no biological kids with her, but I've been with her since she's four. I still talk to her. She's one of those amazing kids where, hey, dad, you know, even though she's 23 and married, like, I'm a little short on rent. Well, how much are you short? 900. Well, what's your rent? 900. You still help them out. So I've been like Eddie. I, they are my kids. She's 23. She's still mine. So, um, my second wife, no, no biological, but I have my beautiful 23 year old since she was four. Right. And then I have my third wife. I, she had a son named Kai. He's amazing. Um, and I met him when he was three and we got married. We had a son and yes, that didn't work out so well. Um, no big deal. Uh, we both went our separate ways. I was stayed in the Marine Corps. She went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't that they were really bad. It's just when you're gone, I did 38 countries, 37 states, and three combat tours. So when you're gone, that's hard on women to take care of the kids, the yeah. dogs, the, you know, the family, the bills. And then, you know, they get lonely. And then sometimes there's just people that sneak in and they try to soothe them. You know, and it's all good. Wait, what? <laughs> you, you can use your imagination. So on that he's one. hitting that uh, the women found someone else to cuddle up with while he was gone. Huh. Well, listen, this call was all about him saying, hey, the sh- asking His, the chef to come out's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it turned into a, uh, quite the, the bio of. A guy named Monster. Monster. Yeah. We forgot too that his name was Monster when I <laughs> Oh, picked up. I didn't I missed that part. This is just multi layered. We just started peeling back the onions. Does anyone else feel like Monster sounds like Dr. Oz? Could it be Dr. Oz acting like someone else? I don't hear, I don't hear Dr. Oz. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I kept hearing. Oh, I don't hear Dr. Oz. <laughs> right. Hey, Monster, we appreciate you. Thank you for calling, and thanks for providing us, I don't know, eight minutes content here. Awesome. Yeah. Good luck. Hey, congratulations to the, the new dads. I'm so excited for you. Bobby, I'm so excited for you to be a dad. And Amy, tell your husband, thank you, thank you for his service. Will do. You got it, Monster. Hey, keep, <laughs> keep rocking. God bless. All right, see ya. Yeah, he's got like three kids left in him. I have a feeling. He's got like three more left in him. <laughs> All right. I well, love it. it did. And then a little sliver that was in there that we never went back on was that he said, I never wanted kids. No, or get married. <laughs> or the sliver we didn't really invest in either was, you know, somebody came and comforted him. We made a quick reference and then. Oh, like so it. much. See, that's the deal. Mm-hmm. When you're live, you don't know what's going to happen here on this show. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll draft our favorite Christmas movies. So be ready for that. Tomorrow morning. Bana, bana. Uh, Briston in Mississippi is on the phone. Briston, what's going on? How's it going, Mr. Bobby? Pretty good, buddy. What's happening? Oh, not much, man. Hey, dude, I just wanted to tell you thank y'all for what y'all do, man. I, my grandfather has got cancer, and my dad passed away not long ago, and I just want to thank y'all, man. Y'all get me through the day, dude. I mean, y'all do an awesome job, bro, you and the whole crew. I appreciate that. Sorry you're going through that with your dad and your grandpa. Yeah. I know, man. Uh, uh, but y'all get me through the day, man. Like I say, y'all, y'all, y'all do great. Y'all, y'all have a great show, man. Thank you. And I just wanted to tell you guys that. Well, we appreciate that call, and good luck to you, man. You, uh, hopefully, the rough road gets a little easier for you. Yeah, I hope so, man. All right, buddy. I hope so because it's been pretty rough, like. But I appreciate you guys. All right, Briston. See you later. All right. All yep. right. Bye bye. Uh, this is uh, Larry in Mississippi who left us a voicemail last night. Hey, Bobby Bones. 
Good morning, studio. I was just listening to the podcast on the conspiracy theories of Bobby Bones, and I just had a question for Bobby. If you could get your eyes fixed, would you still wear the glasses? And then another question I wanted to ask was, I read a while back that when you first moved to Nashville, you actually started a negative campaign about yourself on billboards and whatnot. I'd love to hear more about that. All right, to answer both of your questions. One, probably now, if I could get my eye fixed, I would still wear glasses at times because I'm such a generic white guy that people just know me from my glasses. Probably now because they've just been stated and anything that I do on camera. So yes, but my eye can't be fixed because it's actually in my brain. I've been to every doctor, they all say the same thing. This is not an eye problem, this is something that happened upon birth and it's, you know, your noggin. Yeah. So two, yes, and in my first book I write about it at length. Uh, my book's called Bare Bones. But when we moved to Nashville, we were hated. I mean, we didn't get on a social media for two years and really look at replies. And so I thought, well, if everybody already hates us, let's see what we can do here. So I bought some billboards, massive billboards, and just said, go away, Bobby Bones. And I didn't tell anybody on the show. No, we had no idea. I didn't tell anybody at the company. I was like, who bought these? This is so rude. (laughs) And years later, I revealed it in my book. Mm -hmm. And it was really one of the greatest things I ever Mm -hmm. did. Because people started to go, that people that didn't know who I was, who is... This guy, Bobby Bones. Who's the guy with the dumb name? What's he doing? And then other people were like, who's spending money to make this guy go away? So for me, I look back at our time here and go, man, I'm really glad I did that. I needed that. We needed that, you know? Uh, But yes, I did. But you can read Bare Bones and it's all in there for you. Uh, Here is another voicemail from last night. Does Amy have a pinky toe? What? Well, there's a conspiracy theory about Amy that she does not have a pinky toe (laughs) on earth. I have pinky toes on both feet. Yeah. (laughs) Why is that that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yesterday's show, we talked about things that are written about me that just aren't true. For example, my eyes really aren't messed up, that I wear glasses is fake. I'm really not six foot tall. Um, I didn't grow up poor. It's just stuff people make up because they know it'll get clicks or responses. Mm-hmm. And I guess the pinky toe one's got. I don't, I've never seen with my own eyes. Huh. You could be lying right now. No, I have pinky. Show toes. the toe. No. Show the toe. Show, Show the, the toe. No, no, no. That's weird. Yeah. Is this a way to get my pinky toe? Like, why? And, and she point, asked it in such a way. Play that clip again. Does Amy have a pinky toe? Oh, maybe what? she wants <laughs> to know. Wow. I'm good. Uh, at one point on the show, what? Who was the race car driver that wanted to see Amy's feet? Tony Stewart. Oh, he yeah. did see my feet. Oh, he, he liked told, I was wearing sandals and he complimented my feet. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he said. Something like, you have nice feet, lunchbox? I, I think he said, he said oh. you have nice feet, lunchbox? I think that was not for you then. No, I'm asking lunchbox because he was there. He said, man, those are some really nice feet you got there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was aggressive. It wasn't like, <laughs> I like your shoes. Or like a like a like a way to compliment the feet without complimenting the feet. Mm-hmm. It was straight for the feet. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> you can leave us a voicemail at any time. We're not on the air. So call us, 877-77-BOBBY. One of the questions I get the most is, and a lot of times I don't answer it because it's like somebody asking me in written form, like, hey, what's good right now? And if I'm being fully transparent, a lot of the stuff that comes out now sounds very similar and I don't spend a lot of time with it other than I'll listen to the radio songs and be like, yeah, good or not good. 
But again, there's a problem. It, you could work in any format and it would feel the same, but it, everything just sounds the same. You know, I love the Stapleton stuff. I, there are certain things I do love, but for the most part, whatever. All the dudes sound the same, you know, but I, I did find uh, this Morgan Wade record and I was telling you guys about it a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to play some of the, some of the songs here. This is the only project that I've been a real fan of the whole thing in probably three years, other than a Stapleton record. But where I listen to the whole thing and I'm like, man, this is so good that if like she doesn't become a star or it doesn't become massive, like I don't understand anymore and I should just leave. I should, oh. just, I should just quit. <laughs> so, because I'm assuming you guys haven't listened to it. No. No. Okay. Uh, here is, let's play a little bit from the beginning of the song Reckless. Here you go. Going too fast down the wrong way. Swimming out past where the waves break. I don't know where I'm going now. I see no signs of slowing down. Trying to make sense of this whole thing. Everybody runs from something someday. I don't have a clue who I am without you. She has tattoos all up her neck. Oh, her she knuckles. has. Um, it's over, awesome. She has over a hundred tattoos. You've met her? Yeah, I interviewed her. I did a whole interview oh. in here with her for Women of iHeart Country, and I've she's never amazing. Met her. It, was she good live? Oh yeah, she's great. Wow, look at you. Amy's one step ahead. <laughs> she knows. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another one. This is matches and metaphors. All of her tattoos were fake, like my eyes being messed up. <laughs> because you just believe her because she's so, you're like, well, she has some story to tell. Yeah. Like, regardless. Like, she has neck, I mean, I could never pull off a neck tattoo. Could I? No. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. no. Nope. What, 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 nope. No. what would I get? What would I get if I already get a neck tattoo? What do you mean? Uh... Flames. No, that's too hardcore. Uh-huh. Like, I would need something like a SpongeBob or something on my neck. You know, <laughs> something that's not so hardcore, but you're still like, that guy did it. He got a neck tattoo. Um, and this, we can play a hook of her single. This is her single, Wilder Days. You say you hate the smell of cigarette smoke. You only used to smoke when you drank. When you lived in Chicago and chew where the wind blows. I wish I'd known you in your wilder days. We haven't stopped down on this show and just been like, Here's all this music from this artist until now, but I'm just a massive fan of Morgan Wade. Also, it's interesting, her name's almost like Morgan Wallen. Mm-hmm. 
which Morgan WA, I mean, that's that's probably confusing for a lot of playlists when you're pulling it up. Morgan Wa, yeah, and it probably pulls up Wallen. But man, she is she is great. I'm just a massive fan. I've never met her. Amy apparently is BFFs. <laughs> no, but I did spend about I, an hour with her. And I'm nervous that people when I really like people's like music, they come in and they can't play live. Oh no, she performed live. She did uh, Wilder Days. Mm-hmm. Um, she did she did a cover of the Chicks. Um, she said that was like a, the Chicks were a big inspiration for her growing up. She grew up in a small town in Virginia, and she carry a knife. Uh, I did not ask her. <laughs> But her eyes in person, yeah. she has. The, she might have one of the most beautiful pair of eyes I've ever seen. You know, I'm not going to comment on that. But yeah, I, well, I'm just saying mm-hmm. they were pair stunning. of eyes. Sometimes you see a beautiful one eye or what? <laughs> <laughs> one. Well, Amy's like, hey, that dude had a great singular <laughs> eye. The other one sucked, but his left know. one rocked. Because then I started to feel like, should I even say this? And so I said it awkwardly. Um, but sometimes people have different colored eyes. Hers are both the same. Both very <laughs> so pretty. <rare>. Even, okay. <laughs> dogs have different colored eyes. Okay, so her, anyway, her name is Morgan Wade. Yeah. I don't know her. I haven't met her, but I'm such a big fan of her entire album that I just, it's the only thing that I've just turned on since Casey's last record, not so much, but since like Casey's Golden Hour record or Stapleton Records or Old Dominion, I do. Other than that, I'm like, eh, I'll check out a couple songs and I'm good. Something cool that she mentioned was that like she didn't know she knew she always wanted to kind of do this, and it wasn't until maybe 19 she ever performed live in front of anybody. She had just kind of been doing her thing privately, not knowing if she was ever going to be able to go out there and do it. And then she did it at 19, went out there, first performance. I just thought that was interesting uh, later in life, but knowing at like 13, 14, 15, that's what she wanted to do. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Tennessee. There was a woman at McDonald's waiting for her order. You know, ordered a couple hamburgers, some fries, sitting there. One minute goes by. Okay. Two minutes. Three minutes. She thinks they're taking too long, so she walks behind the counter, Mm. goes and gets the lady cooking the burger. Whack! Pops her across the head. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Yeah, three minutes too long to wait for those burgers and fries. (laughs) Well, walking behind the counter. I mean, she walked not behind the counter. She went behind the counter and then back to where they're cooking the food. That's risky. And popped for her right in the head. Risky for her. Risky for the people that are back there. Like you're not safe anywhere anymore. I mean, you could just take. I mean, if you're the worker, you throw some hot oil on her or something. You know, oh. some grease. Well, that's a whole oh, nother. Lawsuit. Well, you got to defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> cooking war back there. Yeah. Jeez, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I don't okay. know that I'd go third degree burns on someone. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. Here are your top songs in country music this week. At number three, Chris Stapleton, You Should Probably Leave. Yeah, you should probably leave. I know you, and you know me. And we That's a good one. At number two, Michael Ray, Whiskey and Rain. Yeah, whiskey and rain coming down, coming down. That really sounds like an old school song, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? it does. That's why I like that one. It, it the recording of it sounds current, but like the vibe of it feels like a 90s, late 90s country song. Yeah. yeah. Number one, Dustin Lynch and Mackenzie Porter, Think About You. I was just thinking about that weekend out of Cumberland Lake, and now I'm timing Baton Rouge when we made out in the rain, where we were chasing foreign stars on a hill at your daddy's farm. Number one, pop song. And I almost don't want to play this song because as soon as I do, it's bad news for me. Because I will not stop singing it all day. Hmm. What do you think it is? And I only know one part of it. I only know basically just the main line of the chorus. Heat wave? 
Is it Heat Wave? What's Heat Wave? Oh, that's the song my song has on repeat. <laughs> so I figure it must be big right now. It's by Glass Animals. Hmm. Yeah, you, you jumped me on. I haven't been attached to any sort of new music or t- TikTok for a month. Okay. No, it's not Heat Wave. But maybe we pull that up in a second. I'm curious to hear Heat Wave by the Glass it's Animals. Good. Yeah. Um, Adele, Easy on Me. Oh, oh. I mean, one of the biggest earworms of the year. Just just a... So when you say it gets stuck in your head, do you sing it out loud like Adele? Head. So you never it never comes out the mouth? Mm, rarely. <laughs> Sometimes it does, but mostly if this song comes out of my mouth, I just go... <laughs> you never go for it? No. Rarely. Oh. I wonder if I can, though. Let me try. Come on. Go eat. Oh, it's tough. Hold you gotta on. go high. higher. I, oh, I know, but I'm trying to keep it low. Oh. Go easy on me, babe. I can't. Oh, but if sweet. I were to go higher, go easy. Hey, yeah. that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, I have to pick my spot. What are you telling me to go higher for? <laughs> I don't know. It sounded low. I just. But I tried to keep it low so I could hit it. I know I can't hit it high. Yeah. Okay. So he's doing the tenor version. So, yeah. yes, yeah. I'm trying to. I'll do the bass version. <laughs> go easy. <laughs> that's your number one pop song. Ray, did you find the new one? What's this called again? Heat waves, glass oh, animals. Turn okay, it up. here we go. Oh, I know this song. Last night, all I think yeah, about yeah. is you. I know this song. This is a older pop song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know the name of it though. I didn't know if it's old. This is all we listen to. This is a good one though too. I'm like, I let him listen to the lyric video and watch it and sing it, and I'm like, oh, good. This is helping you read and your English. <laughs> Maybe I'm not as out of touch as I thought. Good. I'm glad you know. You know it. it. Well, this one was cool before I left. Before I left the country. <laughs> oh, okay. Before I left. Yeah. Um, okay, we're done. That's it for now. Goodbye, friends. Bobby Bones. Yeah.